Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Germuga. Number one, Andy Germuga, Stan Cullen Ashley. Oh. Emilio Diaz. <laughs> Folks. <laughs> Hi, Happy everybody. Birthday. Happy early birthday, Andy. Yeah. Thank you. It's Thank another you very birthday much. Episode. Yes, it's that time again. We're doing another birthday episode so quickly on the heels of the last one. I mean, our last one was a smashing success, so we're really excited to replicate that success with this our episode. Our best episode, uh, somebody. <laughs> 100% our worst episode, maybe. <laughs> with a caveat that it's our worst episode that is, like, physically listenable. Sure. Uh, physically it the, listenable it the, it does, the first right. one that doesn't the hurt your ears to be an episode yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right um so yeah it's my birthday uh next week or yeah it, within the next week so this is the time and, and next week is our holiday grab bag so we didn't want to schedule yeah it look for, forward for that <laughs> uh-huh. um so we're we're doing our 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 our, our pack of four uh, festival films uh, for my birth year, which is 1989, because I'm an ancient uh, man. Um, I did. Did you see so, the the uh, the joke I made uh, while you were asleep, Andy? I think so. Yes, you you referenced yeah. that I was born one day before Jesus. Um, <laughs> your birthday is Christmas Eve. Yes. <laughs> Suggesting that I am very good over two thousand. I did not see that. Very good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just yeah. want to say for the record I, that I was going to sing parts of Bowling for Soups in nineteen eighty nine, and then I decided I was too tired to do so. I believe the song is also nineteen eighty five. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not important. What movies right. are we talking about? So the the movies we're talking about, we're going to talk yes. about. Sundance premiere, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Berlin premiere, Chantal Ackerman's Histoire du Amérique, which has a subtitle. Food, uh, Family, Philosophy? That sounds right. Yeah. Colin's favorite thing in that order. Things you should talk. Yeah, the three F's. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, can premiere, sweetie by Jane Campion. Mark it. I'm so uh, mad. And then Venice premiere, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover, directed by Peter Greenaway. We did it. We named all the movies. Uh, all uh, uh, the we're re-upping the contest right for this yeah, episode, third time so in a row. Course. We got, we People did, we went, we, yeah, we went up from zero entries to two entries, but both of those entries were incorrect. I will say now, uh, because the window is closed for that contest, uh, that, uh, Kevin, if you're listening, your first guess was closer than your second guess. All right. <laughs> That's the content people crave. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So uh, if you want to guess uh, who picked each movie uh, at Jesse, please. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Steven Soderbergh's 
big breakthrough movie. Yeah, I mean it. Three Fs, yes. It we're talking about it first because it premiered at Sundance and it won the grand prize at Sundance, but then it also went on to be in competition at Cannes, where it won the Palme d'Or. Yeah. Uh, right. So, big sensation. Uh, perhaps still Steven Soderbergh's best movie. <laughs> Maybe to some. <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's definitely still. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, What's better? I mean, like, Ocean's 12, (laughs) High Flying Bird, I like a lot more. Um, It's not important. I'm a big big The Informant stan. That's that's one of my favorites. He's got a lot of movies. It's a real, he's got a varied career. Sure. He's one of our great filmmakers. Emilio's favorite is Uh, the app version of Mosaic. Yeah, for sure. My favorite. Steven Soderbergh movie is a uh, Magic Mike XXL. So wow, uh, <laughs> sex violence videotape. Andy, you have yeah. any solid takes on it? It's your birthday. You get to go first. Yep, great. I'm excited to do that. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I-, I mean, I was really, you know, it's you hear so much about it, right? It has like all this mythos of like it invented the indie movie or whatever, like the American independent film movement like dates traces back to sex lives and videotape uh and then so like you have all these like like what's it gonna be is it gonna be like crazy experimental or anything and it's like no this is just like a really like solid character drama um with like really well-defined and well-acted characters uh and like really fascinating sort of themes that it's dealing with um uh, you definitely see a lot of like the seeds of like things that Soderbergh would be interested in throughout the rest of his career in it. This is my first time seeing it. Um, uh, was was prepping for this one, uh, and yeah, man, I was really like the the performances. I think especially are just like really exemplary. Uh, yeah. Andy McDowell. McDowell's is, like, so good. Incredible. Yeah. She's so good in it. Um, yeah. And yeah, Spader's Spader's real good in that, especially in that big climactic yeah. scene. Um, Laura San Giacomo very good. Yeah, I mean everyone's really good in it. Is like, you know, my 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 top line thought, I guess. Yeah, Colin, I agree with that. I think um, it was also my first time watching it in preparation for this, and I think it is really good. I was not as aware of its reputation other than just like sort of broad strokes I knew it was like a big movie I knew it like won the palm and everything um but what really was like surprising to me was like how low-key it was and uh because Soderbergh I guess he's not like uh I mean maybe this is a unfair association with him but I always find his movies to be so energetic and this one is like really it doesn't like take its time but it's just like at like an even pace throughout most of it like and then at the end there's a bit of um you know, a bit of like chaos and like clashing with Gallagher when he gets to Spader's house. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I mean, I agree with Andy, like the performances are incredible. I think it's like McDowell does some stuff with like her physical movement is like insane. This is the scene God. where she's got the glass of tea and she's just like letting it tip over. <laughs> it's so crazy. And it's like, I don't even know like how you think to do that. If that's like a Soderbergh thing or if that's her. And then Spader is someone I find really interesting because I don't really know him from movies other than, like, whatever the Avenger movie he was in. And, uh, like, I've never seen Cronenberg's Crash, which is, like, around the same time. And I'm sure he's, like, great in that, probably. 
Um, yeah, you are a big Boston Legal fan, though, right? Yeah, I love Boston Legal. Episode. I love the Blacklist. Um, I only Eighth season of the office. the best one probably. Um, <laughs> but and it's weird. I was thinking, I was like, it's weird that he just like doesn't do movies anymore. And I would like to see him in more because he's like now he's such a different yeah, physical presence. But like I, mm-hmm. uh, he's like so compelling and like his very small mannerisms in this that I'm like this guy should just be doing like you know whatever indie movie like he should team up with some like you know A2, uh, A24 in house guy or whatever yeah sure Jesse uh, and he did also win best actor yeah 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 can, along with the palm door the good he was the performance they singled out that's very interesting uh, I think he's uh, quite incredible. I mean, he's very good. I, he wouldn't be my standout in the movie. I don't. San Jacomo also really mm-hmm. great. I think McDowell and Spader are my like one and two. Um, but San Jacomo is like really really good and like McDowell maybe my four. I'll say that. Wow. Wow. I, over under Gallagher. Gallagher is like fine. <laughs> I like Gallagher a lot. I think Gia, I I also think that San Giacomo is like really great in it, which is like so it's not really shade to McDowell, but uh, yeah, uh, Spader's great. Spader rules. I can see it's like, especially this is being a, a sort of more novel movie at the time from like an an American perspective. I can certainly see why what mm-hmm. James Spader is doing would be more, like would get people talking more than what the rest of them are doing. So I think it's like an easy thing, way to think to single him out from the cast to give him best actor, especially if they had a stronger person. Meryl Streep won best actress had that for what movie evil angels, Uh, which is by Fred Shepsey. Shepsey. And it lives on forever. Yeah, I don't know. It's some Australian movie. Uh, Is that the Dingo Ate My Baby movie? That might be the Dingo Ate My Baby Wow, I thought that. I mean, look, we don't need to get into that. I think it is. Congrats to Meryl. I think it is the Dingo Ate My Baby movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah. I mean, uh, it's like, it's a very interesting, it's like, it's a great script. It's a great movie. Mm -hmm. Is it better than Do the Right Thing, which was at the same can? Probably not. But, you know, it's pretty good. It's definitely an interesting yeah. palm winner. Like, I, I don't really... I, 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 who was the jury president that year? It, was it Winders? Yeah, it's Vin Vendors. Yeah, yes, yeah. Vin Vendors. You've got Hector Babenko, Christoph Kislovsky, Sally Field. That's very funny. I mean, if you, I mean, if you ask Spike Lee, he has, <laughs> certainly has things to say about Vin Vendors. That's yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, um, yeah. I mean, and I, uh, yeah, I do like. I watched some of the special. View. I got the Criterion Blu-ray from my. Uh, library uh, to watch it, and I watched some of the special features, and one of them was just like the guy who did the audio mix detailing like every time they've had to redo it and it really was like a scrappy enterprise because like because they had to redo it several times because they had a a generator like a power generator on set like all the time 
and it like they didn't have enough cord for it to be far enough away for it not to get picked up on sound so they had to like they've had to like re-edit the sound every time they've done like a major new release to try to like best account for that and correct it um it's it's really like yeah it's an interesting like you can really tell they 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 were they were working sort of in 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 a new style in the way that they made it um and i guess the other thing to talk about is like recently in quarantine he's been like yeah i wrote a sequel and like i want to do it so it seems like yeah he's written another sequel yeah oh right because full frontal is a sequel oh i was gonna i was gonna uh read the whole wikipedia section on that which uh has it being full frontal as a twist ending but uh okay oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to spoil your game Uh oh jesse just got an email (laughs) oh no uh let's see uh two star infielders one giant hot stove dilemma what's gonna happen oh this is about uh trevor's story and uh Nolan Arenado. Um, okay. Yeah, the uh, I, that's interesting that it's the sound that is like. I mean, you saying the generator makes sense because it is like I the uh, the scene where like the climax scene where it's sort of like cutting between like it being the like can sort of like recorded audio of the like VHS to the like mm-hmm. actual like in like onset audio or whatever is really mm-hmm. uh, interesting. There's like a really compelling way to do that yeah i mean yeah the that the the yeah the use throughout of like yeah the the difference between the like stuff in the movie and the stuff that like is james spader's videotapes Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. like yeah that contrast is used really well both in video and audio quality sort of throughout um and yeah it's it's yeah it's it's a it's a pretty cool pretty cool uh like thematic sort of thing in the movie i think um, yeah. What happened to Laura Sandiacomo? Yeah. What was she in? Didn't she, she do the did voice? Just shoot me! She did the voice of uh, Gina Carano in Haywire, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, because they had to like right. ADR all of her lines, and he got yeah. Sandiacomo to do it. I think. And she was on, yeah, she was on Just Shoot Me for like mm. seven years. She got stuck on a sitcom. Um, yeah, I remember wa- just wa- when I watched Sex Lives on Videotape for the first time, just being like, wow, who's this person? She's fucking fantastic. Yeah, she's really, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, McDowell also, I mean, she's so good in Magic Mike XXL, like in her like one scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I was trying to think if there's anything else that I like loved her in. Uh, I think she's pretty good in Michael, the Nora Ephron movie. <laughs> yeah, she's she- got like... She's, she's always like a charming presence. I don't. I think yeah. like th- this and Magic Mike are the only time where I, I've been like, "Wow, what a performance!" Or like, "What a actress." Yeah, the only other thing I really remember her in is Groundhog Day, which I think mm. she's like fine in, but that movie doesn't serve her super well. No. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, it's a good movie, but yeah, not 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 really about her. Yeah, second, um, uh, third build behind Bill Murray and The Groundhog. That's how well it serves her. What's next? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we, I, I guess, it, yeah, the the sequel, I guess, is just going to be McDowell and San Giacomo, I guess. Ooh. And, like, one of them has a daughter, I think. is the, So, yes. would be interested to see that. 
uh, people are speculating and, that maybe maybe it'll be a real life daughter pairing, and uh, Margaret mm. Polly will get in on the mix. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, right. Yeah. So if we're gonna move on, then that would be to uh, Histoire d'Amérique. All right. Birthday boy, kick us off. <laughs> yeah, I like know nothing about Chantal Ackerman really other than that she's like an academic in addition to a filmmaker I think uh and I but yes right was she's no longer with us um uh and I think her movies have a reputation for being slow is the other thing right like and then there's the one very long one right sure um so I knew nothing going into this really of what to expect and except that like it had a title that was not in English but it was about America um mm-hmm. and then uh I was really blown away by it. It's basically like it's almost entirely direct address to camera monologues of characters. Are there uh, monologues basic... or dialogues? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Of until uh, the end. Right, of um Jewish characters basically sharing their experiences of coming to America and living in America and what life is like in America. Uh, and I really loved it. I thought yeah, it was so fun. And so it, like, yeah, it, it fucking rules. <laughs> it had, um, it just like has an energy that you don't really see in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I wrote about it on, in my like letterbox reviews. Like it's real, like bunch of people getting around, fucking around and devising characters and, 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 like, just coming up with some material and seeing what sticks, sort of, like, you really feel, like, the collaboration between everybody in it, <laughs> and you really sort of do get the sense of, like, yeah, everyone was really wanted to work and create this, like, this, like, this, like, patchwork sort of, like, s- uh, series of monologues, and it's all, like, everything's, like, real. I feel, like, really well-performed and written, and I, re- I really responded to it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just third it and also say that it fucking rules. And uh, it's an extremely Emilio shit. It reminded me of uh, Vanya on Forty Second Street, another one of the greatest films mm-hmm. ever made. Uh, it it just has like an energy. It ha- it's like fun. It has bits. I appreciate. It's like weird yeah. sincerity. Mm-hmm. I enjoy weird like <laughs> like acting school monologues i enjoy the bits they do i enjoy like when it gets to the end and they're all like at the weird like restaurant thing oh so good waiters the mvp maybe he's very Um, good waiters good the guy who looks like is maybe the mvp (laughs) (laughs) i'll say it it is Perhaps the movie I've seen that is felt the most like watching an improv show, which is maybe similar to what Andy was saying about uh, uh, the devised theater stuff. I- I'm going to needle Andy a little bit for his <laughs> birthday and say that I feel like uh, m- most mainstream movies have... You-, you were even saying like this is a... This is you don't see movies that look like this. I think that most mainstream movies look more like television than they are like this. I think that most he got like, you, Andy. Whether, yeah. 
whether it's just, the Avengers I'm... or even something like a, a, a Moonlight or whatever, like, what those you... are closer to television than they are to this. Yeah, I mean, maybe. This is, but, like, this feels like... I'm just... <laughs> want to make a point about how silly categorizing is. things Fair uh, play. visual media is. Okay, man. Sure. Put the gun down. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. really have a response to that other than, like, I agree that this is different <laughs> than those movies. Yeah, it just, um, just folded his arms. Andy was owned by Facts and Logic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he won't debate you because he's a coward. Um, That's right. I, I mean, I certainly would elementary logic right. and semantics <laughs> right i semester. certainly would watch a tv show that was just like a little like 20 minute like series of monologues every week where like you just check in with different characters whatever i think that'd be a great tv show um uh yeah the other yeah i guess we i didn't mention it like it is filmed like entirely outdoors it feels like it was yes. filmed in sequence like over the course of a night basically the way that they shoot it because like i think it starts like well, it starts like on a boat or whatever, mm. and then and then you're just like in like a park and and around like this neighborhood, uh, and it like gets dark, and then I think the sun starts to come up by the end of it. So the the way that they've shot and assembled it, it feels like it's just a series of monologues that you're hearing over the course of one night. Um, and I think yeah, the the use of setting, you really do feel this the the setting there as like true to what these characters would yeah. be experiencing. Yeah. I mean, I'll um, say. We're talking about these movies in order, so I so like this isn't a transition point. But I'll say that this movie uses yeah. like theater techniques and like distancing devices in a way that I very much appreciate. Mm -hmm. And a film we will talk about later uses them in a way that I very much did not appreciate. So interesting. Uh, mm. yeah. yeah interesting I guess put a pin in that one I agree uh, with most of the takes I really like this a lot I was watching it and I was like 100% there's no way Andy doesn't love this because it is just like uh, very like I was like like everyone's been saying it is like very sort of like theatery stagey in a way uh, but it like yeah it's like really um, Ackerman does have sort of reputation I guess like with John Dealman is like you know, like a five-hour movie, so I was not nervous, but I was like, I wonder what this will be, and it's, like, so light and so easy to watch, and, like, the way it is, like, so segmented, it's, like, you just, like, anytime I would start to be, like, is this, like, what is this, and I'd be, like, oh, here's a new one, like, we're just in the next scene, and then the sort of yeah. big climax, I guess you would call it, where it is, like, all the characters we've sort of been introduced to at this, um, like, outdoor restaurant, sort of, like, thing is uh it's really really good and it looks great like they've got these lights all over the place um and then it starts raining it's really beautiful yeah. looking got the bit yeah. where he where the waiter where the guy's like where's my cake and then the waiter brings him cake and then the guy's like i don't want cake <laughs> and he takes it he's like i'll trade you for schnapps yeah. yeah yeah and then he, he was like you have to pay yeah. me for this and I'm like but i gave you a cake yeah that's, that's very a, funny that's yes. such a good bit right um, and, and the yeah. bit where the guy's like, I want it, I want it in a clean glass, and then he brings him the like. He's like, which one's the clean glass? It's good. And for yeah. like the like the distancing thing that I talked about, like it's like the technique that I really appreciate is like because most of the monologue being told in it are like from the perspective of someone who like 
fled their country to come to America yes. in like the early 20th century. And but the movie you get if like you look at the background it's very clearly not set in the to- in the early of mm-hmm. 20th century. There are like cars passing by, yes. you can hear like boats, planes flying over. And it, and I so I and also a lot of the actors seem to just be don't seem to be speaking in any kind of dialect. No, yeah. no so it's like though a lot of them I guess they do, I guess they just Some have of them like are. A, a I would say most of the most of the monologists I would say are not. Yeah. So, There's like the lady um yeah, the, the, it, it, like whether they do that is, or not. It's just like I really yeah. appreciate the like just like the that like that a very simple contrast and it, but it's like very effective every moment where it's like a guy is telling the story about mm-hmm. like leaving the old country and having to take care for his wife and then you just hear a huge truck pass by in the background yeah. and which right. is like a very right yeah a couple yeah visually it happens a couple of times too and you're like wow they're like like yeah it, she's just like lets the camera roll and they really capture like I think all all all. There, none of them really are like all of them are basically one take, right? Every monologue, is, I believe so. Like, yeah, there's not really. Any yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and then the yeah, I mean, the and, people who play know, him come like come back, and they will be doing a different monologue from a different perspective. It seems so. It's mm-hmm. like they play around, right. with, like who's talking about what. You're never clear of like how like mm-hmm. it's more of like a cast of like actors than it is of characters. Because like even at the end when we say everybody shows up at the restaurant it's like it do, it's not it doesn't really seem clear whether they're they're everybody's playing the same people like some people are definitely playing different mm-hmm. people but they have like a similar vibe like Colin mentioned the Borat looking guy who's like always like pretty nervous yes. and like sort of neurotic and jumpy but you know but it, and he looks exactly like Borat <laughs> he does look exactly like Borat but it's like he got it, the mustache the gray shirt <laughs> But when he's giving his first monologue and then when he shows up at a restaurant, it's not a thousand percent clear that he's like explicitly the same person. But it's just like I don't think it's concerned about specific people as much as like the vibe of what it's the story it's telling. Yeah. Like Jewish immigrants in New York. Also, the um, sort of like titular scene. Oh. No, go ahead. The titular scene where it's like. where they're at the restaurant and this guy's like the three things like <laughs> you need to talk about a woman to like uh get her in love with you or whatever are like food her family and philosophy and this guy like runs over to a woman and he's like what are you eating or whatever <laughs> or he's like do you like this and she's like not really he's like does you, do you have a brother and she's like yeah he goes, does your brother like that <laughs> and then she, uh, he's like he tries to kiss her and she's just like what are you doing <laughs> it's just like very very funny bits yeah, and it's like yeah, I th- I you know, and it's because like some of the I mean some of the monologues are like like heartfelt and they're like talking about like the struggles and it's also funny contrasted with like the like dumb bits that they'll they'll do where it's just like yeah, eh, it's a living. Two guys will pass each other on the street, <laughs> yeah. tip their hats to one another, and then like slightly trip and move right. on. A lot of talk about Sue. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of like like old like vaudevillian like Jewish humor, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. they like they come yes. in, they do a like a, a scene with a bit, right? Like the the two guys <laughs> yes. and the guy is like, 
I'm I'm just cu- cutting to the end of our argument where I say like go to hell or whatever like you know they like it's it's a lot of like that sort of like borscht belt sort of stuff that I think is like really fun. Um, I was also struck by just like the content of the more like serious monologues and like thinking about like what their tone was. Uh, I you know how many of them are like hopeful and like like you can really get like in. You you really get it like I came away with an overwhelming feeling of optimism coming out of it, yeah. which I was like maybe not expecting to, and especially like many of them talk about like horrible like family struggles and things like that, but like there there is a real sense of like we're gonna get through it and we're gonna you know and and like we and yet we still believe in like the promise of America, which um you know is 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 interesting to consider uh, in 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 our current. Uh, situation and everything, but like it, it, it like the the way that the movie was able to impart that feeling on me, I was like really impressed by it. Um, that that was the overall sense that I was able to come away with. Sure, I, I, I may be slightly. I don't know if I disagree necessarily, but I think a thing I mm-hmm. appreciate because at the beginning I was like. Are these going to be monologues about people who are like, America, it's so great. I made it here. We're all here. But I think there is some, like, I don't know if it's realism or cynicism about it, but I think it does eventually approach it it for more. Like, it, it sort of eventually matches the general tone of the piece, which I appreciate, which is just like, we're all here, eh? Which, which is like (laughs) more of what I like. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think I it's it's streaming on uh, Criterion Channel if you have it. I really recommend seeking it out. It was really a wonderful surprise. Yeah, it's a good time. Yep. Moving on. Uh, Moving forward. Yeah. What's next? It's uh, the um, sweetie. It's sweetie. 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 It's the worst. Uh, I apologize to our listeners. Um, uh, everyone loves it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Don't speak for our um, listener, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jane Campion's Sweetie. It's her debut feature. She had made a TV movie before, I think. But yeah. it's her that debut. also played Can, but yeah. Yes. Um, and it's uh, the story of a young woman who forms a romantic relationship with a guy and then her sister comes back into her life and her sister is the titular sweetie and uh her sister is uh trouble uh her sister is uh you know destructive and and uh selfish and like like is in a state of arrested development yeah. and all this sort of thing and so she sort of just um she deals with that like her eventually her parents come back more into the picture and we see how her family unit has dealt with sweetie for their whole life and it's really yeah it's just sort of this character or this family this examination of a family i guess of the dyna- and the dynamics of of them and and having this one character who is so um just all all uh like like just out of control and and really wreaking havoc on on everyone around her through her through her own just sort of like 
just following every impulse that she has. Yeah. Um, and she's like, she's, yeah, she's, it's like the movie is very explicit about like, she is a child still, right? Yeah. Like she's like, it's like there's, there is a, a, a real child in the movie and like, it re- like the contrast between sweetie and the real child is like very explicit of like these these are basically the same um yeah i had a this was one that i had a little bit of a harder time with i think the titular performance is like what really saved the movie for me i think wow. um what what's her name's performance is sweetie john um, john i Jim. i can't pronounce that name Genevieve Levin. Yeah, Yeah, Genevieve, yeah. Uh, I think she's really, uh, really um, exciting and really, like, can't take your eyes off of her. I found almost everyone else a little bit um, less engaging in the movie was my initial initial takeaway. Colin, what do you got stuff to say? What do you you got? I mean, the, the main character, Kay, is, like, incredible. She's so good. And like I, it, I don't want to like. I'll let you go back to finishing your thought, obviously. But like, sweetie, I, mean, I, I found. Done. Please go. I mean, I, I think that's uh, the actress who plays sweetie is good, and that's part. Like, I can only imagine that that's like a pretty tough role to play, and have it feel relatively normal as it does in the or not normal, uh, but relatively grounded as it does in the movie. Like, it doesn't feel like. Uh, like a caricature like it easily could and I could even buy people saying that it does feel that way to them but for me the movie was able to like maintain its reality even in its most surreal moments like uh, when they're at the sort of um, trailer park place where they're all like uh, square dancing <laughs> um, even that like that sort of stuff feels like real and grounded but the lead performance um of the character k i found so good and like i don't even know if it's anything specific that she's doing but just like the way she sort of oscillates between like nerves and like anger and like trying to sort of maintain composure and especially in the last sort of scene where the, she gets the call that, like, Sweetie's up in the treehouse or whatever, and she's just, like, sort of breaking down is really, really incredible. And I think... Uh, I don't know how the rest of you are all on... Or the rest of you all are on Campion as a director, but she really, I don't think, has any bad movies. You mentioned uh, the Two Friends, which is the TV special she did, which is also really, really good. Um, and I'm only missing, at this point, like two or three movies of hers that I haven't seen. And I really don't think she has like a miss in there. And this is like really, really great. I thought, and, um, as like a quote unquote first feature, it's so like self-assured and it's just, I, I, maybe I'm blind to like, um, cause I know like piano was like obviously a big hit when that, or like a big critic fake when that came out. But, I really, really think that, like, Campion is one of the best to ever do it, maybe. And, like, the the way that she frames uh, Kay in this movie is really, really fascinating. Like, all of the 
or for the most part, like all of her scenes, she's like at the like bottom corner of the frame, or it's like a weird top down angle, and it just conveys so much about like the sort of on edge mood that you feel when Sweeney's around, and uh, even like in the early scenes where she, uh, her and Lou like first like hook up and they're like under the car and you see them like start picking up the coins or whatever it's just so so good um i really really like sweetie a lot anyone else uh i mean you asked what we think of campy and we talked about bright oh yeah right, months right, right. ago and i've seen uh i've also seen the piano i really struggle with her uh I don't know. She just doesn't work for me uh, quite. And this was probably one of the ones that worked. Out of those three, this is probably uh, was working least well for me. Uh, but yeah, I don't have much to say. Uh, I mean, I liked it. I It's like... I appreciated what it was doing on a, like a lot of levels. I don't know if I love Kay's performance, but I do enjoy that, like the, that the, her function in the story, and I really appreciate what it, what it was doing. It like I was thinking a lot of like a lot about two filmmakers who I weirdly think about on the same terms a lot, even though I don't think a lot of people might, which are which is like Claire Denis and. God, I forget his name, but uh, Margaret guy, I uh, Lonergan, who are two filmmakers that I often think about in the same vein, because they, I think, I always think about how they both make these movies about just like people wanting things from other people and just like the destruction of not being able to get that from other people, and I think this is a movie that sort of like like circles around those same sort of topics in a way that I really enjoy like as much as it's a movie about how like feral sweetie is and how much of like a child sweetie is it it also does a good job of being like all of these all of the people in this orbit are sort of have like their own set of like problems and it, it uh deficiencies and I think what Campion's trying to say about like how they're all just like sort of we're all just meat bags cosplaying some sort of cosplaying humanity and cosplaying like intelligence and the and these sorts of things I th- I I really appre- I really appreciate which is like again the thing that I think about in the same terms as like Lonergan movies or like Denis although Denis makes movies more explicitly about how like desire is the destruction of the human soul. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I mean, I just like appreciate. I don't know if I love the movie. I think I just I think it's like pretty good. It's like pretty to very good is what I'll say. Like it, it I really appreciate an aspect of it. I think Genevieve, Gen, Genevieve Lemon is great. I think the actor who plays her dad is great. Kay's dad is mm-hmm. great. I think that's a great performance. I think there is a lot of like very interesting visual stuff, as Colin mentioned, with like the shots of like uh, under the car when they're having sex or like the way that their house is framed and the way that the tree is framed and like the some the way this, that oh. sometimes like and the way it's edited i think it is is extremely interesting it's like yeah i sort of feel more of the like 
first moviness than Colin does, I think, is where I think we might diverge a bit, where it's like, I, I sort of watched the movie, and, and even though I've already watched two Jane Campion things apart from this, I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see where she goes from there. I'm excited to see work with, like, different people and, like, maybe get a, like, more refined visual sense. But what's here is, like, very good. Yeah. I'd say maybe the closest of hers that I've seen to this is Holy Smoke. I could be, like, uh, mischaracterizing it, um, but... Especially with, like, the sort of Eastern philosophy of, like, uh, the guy, the guy Lou, like, always meditating. <laughs> There's, like, a bit of that sort of um, less so, like, broad in um, Holy Smoke, which is really, really interesting. And I think um, you mentioned the kid that's, like, Sweetie's friend who's, like, their neighbor. Great kid performance. Usually I struggle with a kid performance. He's so funny when he's, like, trying to sell them the toy cars that he's got lined up. And then when he's got, like, the pool and everything, it's all very, very funny. Right. And he's like, yeah, want to watch me go swim? And it's, like, a kid-sized pool, and he just, like, jumps in and, like, jumps around a little yes. bit because he doesn't have any – he can't actually swim. Uh, it's it's cute. And um, then the, the treehouse scene, I think, is, like, incredibly tense. Just, like, it's so, so scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, you know, it. I think it's – it's the only place the movie really could go in its ending is like, well, sweetie has to like be like, has to really fulfill her like promise of how destructive she is. Right. And so like, you really do feel like, well, this is like the only place the movie can go. And like, there's only a couple ways it can end. And I don't think like, I don't think everyone's coming out of it. Okay. Um, yeah, you do really feel the tension there. And I think the, the way that like she's she, you know she's up there in in there and like it the image is really stark cuz she is like naked and covered in dirt like and dirt everything like and soot like or something? she's yeah. like yeah it's 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 like a very striking image of like oh boy like i'm you don't see a lot of characters like look this way in movies um and yeah i mean like yeah i i do like yeah just basically the same like that performance i think is really electrifying in the movie and is like really uh something that like you like you under you it makes the movie work really because like you understand why they like don't just kick her to the curb and be like i can't have you in my life anymore yeah uh from the energy that she has and like from you know and you know even beyond like the familial obligations they feel towards her but you also see, like, yeah, how she's, like, ultimately, like, it's no good for anyone for them to keep treating her this way. Yeah, the, um, there's, like, a few other things I, I don't, I did have to step away for a second, so I don't know if anyone mentioned this already. Um, the scene with her, like, speaking to the sort of arrested development nature of her as a character, the scene with her where she's giving the dad a bath is, like, really, really fascinating in a way where I'm, like, because at that point, I don't think you – it's not shown. Like, she hasn't done the thing where she's, like, in the car. Uh, like, it hasn't really gone all the way to, like, the edges of her character yet. And it's, like, as soon as the dad gets there. Um, and then the stuff where she's, like, acting like a dog is so crazy. Um, but one thing just visually that I thought was great is the scene where um, K 
Kay's at work and she's like twirling her hair and then you see like three people behind her like mocking her also doing it. it just looks really great and then um the character of Lou like he's introduced uh as sort of like a bozo and I was like is this gonna be like sort of like the asshole boyfriend character but especially with Sweetie he's like such a steady hand and like almost playing the straight man in a way that I was like really really fascinated by um but I think there's like a lot going on here that like I don't even know if I see yet like I feel like I'm going to need to revisit this and I know that there's like in 2006 or something they did a commentary for it like her and the screenwriter and I think maybe some of the actors I'm not sure but uh I'll, I, I, I want to check it out and like I like I was saying like Campion is just like a fave and um I think it's really really incredible uh Two Friends is like m- me being like more impressed with this as like the quote-unquote feature debut debut um Two Friends is like much more you can sort of see the edges but it, like even then uh, it's framing device is like really, really interesting. I think we talked about it a bit when we talked about 14. Um, cause I, mm-hmm. there's like a few parallels there, but, um, it's really, that's like another, like she really, I think has like no bad movies in her. And even like we talked about the top of the lake, uh, China girl, I really, really like that a lot. She's like just someone that I think is like the best, <laughs> but, uh, we can move on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I certainly yeah, like yeah, I, I yeah, I guess yeah, I, I I agree that like I think Campion is someone who I'm really interested in, and I haven't seen I, you know I've seen Bright Star and the Top of the Lakes and now this and Bright so, Star's so good uh, you know how do we not her, give that some of uh, the palm for our fake jury? It's so good. It's so because much better than boring. Fish Tank. It's not boring at all. No, fish Tank's better, but uh, we don't no need way. to relitigate this stuff. But uh, <laughs> I'm mad now. Uh, but yeah, um. But yeah, good movie. Would like to check out more of her movies. Uh, she seems like a cool lady. Uh, good director. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Venice. And Peter yep. Greenaway's The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Okay, so uh, before we which, before we start, uh, is, who, who's the cook, who's yeah. the thief, who's her wife, and who's his love? Her Among love. Us? Oh, boy. <laughs> Um, I think um, I gotta God, be the cook. I don't. I don't. I mean, I can't label any of us as the thief in this. Emilio's like, the so thief. Dead. <laughs> I'm the thief. Yeah, everyone knows this. I think Jesse and that Andy leaves up among yourselves between the wife and the lover. Who do you d- think you are? Hmm. I think I'm the lover. I was gonna say I didn't want to. Oh, sure. <laughs> Put that on anyone. Andy's get the most Helen Mirren vibes out I, of all of us. Sure, yeah, I, yeah, right. I'm, and I, and I just won't stop smoking. Um. Mm-hmm. So this is um, it's uh, it's just, it's, uh, another entry in our the most extra movies that ever have existed canon. I feel like alongside yeah. uh, Beautiful Creatures. Um, heavenly creatures, uh, or heavenly creatures, heavenly creatures. Yeah, we're not talking about the, the YA um, adaptation. Beautiful creatures. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, this is—I mean, it's so. It's the story of uh, a thief, uh, like a, a mobster, basically. In he's Britain, got a wife. Yeah. A restaurant. Yeah, I was—I was, I was right. gonna say, like, this sort of skipped me through it a bit, but I was like, 
halfway through the movie I, I was figuring oh he's the thief like that seems like a low-key yeah. description of what he is what michael gammon's well, character like robbed... does and, yeah. and who he is right yeah. um yeah so he owns a like a fancy restaurant and is like a terror to the staff and everyone around him he is in the running for like the most despicable human ever put on film i feel like right like he's just there's no redeeming yes. aspects of him he's he's a bore he like he's constantly talking and monologuing and like acting with authority and all this stuff and and he has a wife who is uh he is abusive towards and who ha- has taken on a lover and basically the movie almost entirely takes place within the restaurant there's i guess a little later on you're not in the restaurant as much but um it's lots of long tracking shots and like deep focus and like very composed images um of of, of them in and around this restaurant helen mir and his wife is having an affair with uh her lover who is like a small bookshop owner guy who's always in the restaurant reading a book um eventually it comes to light that this is happening to uh the thief uh who uh is michael gambon who uh has him killed and then uh the climax of the movie is uh the wife convinces the cook to cook the lover and then she holds the thief hostage and forces him to try to eat the lover and then she kills the thief penis first the, yes starts mm-hmm. with start start with the penis uh and yeah i mean yeah it's like i said it's a an entry in the most extra movies canon that we've that we've seen it just is like so heightened and so in your face mm-hmm. from the very beginning where they're like smearing like poop in people's faces and stuff it's like a movie that is like mm-hmm. we're not fucking around sort of energy yeah. um and it's a yeah, lot. it's the and best. Uh, no, this is. I'm gonna take the Jesse Saints where this movie is not good. I was like into it at first, and like when it ended, I was like, yeah, sure, that's like pretty like cool. And then like the second I like thought about it more, I was like, this movie is bad. Like, it, I think Emilio earlier saying that like the stagey elements of it he didn't like. That's like the only thing I do like about it. Like, I like how anytime they go from room to room, the color of the room changes and their outfit changes. I yes. think that's a good touch. And I think, like, Greenway is interesting stylistically. But, like, I watched another one of his movies recently for something else uh, called The Falls. And that's, like, a three-hour sort of experimental film where it's just, like, 92 characters all with, like, different bits sort of of, like, how they were all affected by this, like, unexplained incident. And in the movie, it just is, like, this repetitive nature that sort of, like, go, ebbs and flows where you're, like, it is a funny bit. It's not a funny bit. It is a funny bit. And I had the same thing with this where I'm like, it's just the same fucking thing over and over again. I don't care. And, like, it's so grotesque to, like, no end. Like, there's nothing, there's no, like, nothing to gain from it. And it really, I was just like, I get why people like it. And there is, like, stuff to, like, in it. But, like, even just, like, thinking about it now, I'm just like, this movie is lame. Yeah, you're just dumb. No. No. I I, it wishes I mean it could be what heavenly creatures I, is. I I'm, I I'm pro- oh my I'm god I may I may be more negative than Colin I I really did not respond to it I think it's like 
I, I was just like, to what end? What is all this style for? Exactly. It's like, it's like by the fourth time the like red to green thing happens, I'm like, what is, what is, is this supposed to signify anything? See, is this doing anything? And this is just like nothing. This is just like this room is red because he likes the color red, and the other room is green because he likes the color green. That's all I can hold on to. <laughs> That's all I can and it's, it's like that and like the kids singing opera. I'm like, this yeah, and I made cool. the reference earlier about yeah. how like I enjoyed the sort of like weird theatery distance of Histoire d'Amérique because that's what I appreciate more about like the medium of theater and like the sort of things I'm coming to appreciate more about movies that I really get older and my taste changes, which is like performances and like a sort of humanism and a sort of understand, a sort of more like liberating understanding of what you can do on on screen as a performer. Well, like this, it feels just like. I mentioned to Andy that the only way I can make sense of it in my mind is like it's like an opera without singing where it's just like ex- exists at mm-hmm. like level 12 it's like it's just at like 10 uh, all the time or, and it's like it's never mm-hmm. and it's like it's never small which is like fine if you want to do that sure but I don't think I think it's weirdly this might be a weird thing I think it's shot poorly is a thing I'll say like if for, if for how big and extravagant the sets are and how big extravagant the performances are and the like costumes are i think it's weird i think it's weirdly chased about the way that decides to use like it decides to portray those like michael gambon is an actor i like a lot and i think he's giving a bad performance because the move the camera exists at a dis- at a distance that is too close to him so it feels too big it feels like a theater performance where he's supposed to be playing to the cheap seats and instead the camera's right in his face and i just found it grating and annoying the whole time and not grating and annoying the way i think the movie is supposed to be I think Helen Mirren is fine. I think, I think everybody else in the movie is like, whatever. Her, I think it's like an, an interesting visual experiment. Like, I read about Peter Greenaway afterwards because I needed to, like, find something to hold on to. And, like, finding out that he's, like, a person with, like, a fine arts background. And it's like, he loves, like, Guernica and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, I can see what he was yeah. doing in terms of just, like, putting, like, the maximalist, like, unhuman styles of, like, certain, like eras of painting into a movie but that's just like not something i respond to at all i just like did not like this movie in basically any way shape or form mirin i would say uh the scene where it's like her after the lover's been killed and she's like in bed with him i think she's like extremely locked in and she's like fine for most of the movie she doesn't really get a lot to do other than like be beat up and like fuck the lover but uh, that scene where she's well, like talking I mean, about until it. the last half hour. She yeah, yeah, yeah. Has but that, that, like, that is scene like with the cook where she's trying to convince him. Yeah. Yes, yes, that is great. And then when she's get Gambon at gunpoint, it's good until you see the full cook body with, <laughs> which is just like way too intense. It's so much. <laughs> Andy, the you're thing the deciding you guys are... oh, Sorry. No, I was just gonna. Well, he's not the deciding vote because there's four of us, so there is no deciding vote. There's no deciding. But the the thing you guys are missing is that, that and well, you're not missing it because Amelia just disagrees with it. But this is the most compelling villain performance of all times. What's compelling <laughs> about him? That he's an asshole. He's just the fucking worst. <laughs> That is sure. I mean, yeah. So, (laughs) right. I mean, like, accurate, like, correct. Like, yes, he's the worst. Uh, I mean, I guess you sort of like, I think there's stuff in that character that I respond to. I, 
I I think, you know, the way he is always monologuing and talking and like holding court and like like is asserting like the, that his way is the right way and everything like there's something there. I think like the movie really hammers you over the head with it and is like I like I I got it by the end of like scene 2. Yeah. And then I don't think there's really anywhere for the performance to go after that. Um other than the, and, like, and also it's like because it has like the weird yeah. ring thread of like them bringing up like like a gay thing than homophobic thing then he and he just like it's extra mm-hmm. homophobic and then like the the like fight the like sort of ending of like her admitting that she is that they really never had sex because he couldn't get enough for, for or whatever i was just like are you just in, like insinuating that he's like gay or whatever what is this i don't yeah. I, I it's just like I didn't like it. I think it, it it's for me personally it sort of comes back to like the same thing I said about like the love witch or whatever where it's like a movie that is so stylized that it suffocates any sort of humanity or any sort of like a, a identify like personality that I could latch on to where it's just like I I see what it's doing and it's like listen Peter Greenaway you're certainly an interesting visual stylist I applaud you for that but I in terms of me and finding any sort of enjoyment or connection to it, I like absolutely could not. Yeah. I would say like, even like comparing it to the love, Witch, like not to sort of disagree with your comparison at all, but I find like love, Witch, even if you stripped away at, uh, the style, there is like something there, like would be my argument. And here it is like Andy's saying, it's just like, you really do get it by like the first scene. It's like, oh yeah, he's mean. She's like dealing with it and having sex with this guy, and he cooks. <laughs> and then it's just like again, 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 again for two hours. It's just yeah, Gambot. Yeah. I think is like I fine. Know. I just, I don't know. You guys are just not. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it. It's like I, I, again. I tried to read reviews to see what people thought of it. I found some quotes on Wikipedia. I certainly like. I did my best attempt to at least figure out what people like about it because I, I think most times when I watch a movie that I don't like that other people like, I, I like sort of get it. But this one is one of the few ones where I had to be like, "Huh, why do people like that so much?" And I do sort of again. I see like the appreciation of greenaway style the sort of maximalism the sort of appreciation of it of just like even sort of as like a sort of post human text of just like again it's like a moving painting it's like you can you can sort of put into it whatever you want it's like there you can do your sort of storytelling it exists like in a in a it exists in a state that is like that leaves a lot to interpretation. I just didn't find anything interesting worth interpreting from it. I guess is what I'll, I'll say is like yeah. m- m- the last. Okay. Yeah. Thing. Like I, there was like a quote on the Wikipedia page from Ari Aster where he was like, it's great. It's like, you can, t- you can t- see Peter Greenaway's contempt for humanity. And I'm like, is that, is yeah. that what we're looking for in movies? No, because Ari Aster is a fucking half dumbass. <laughs> he agrees with you. You guys would be buds. <laughs> yeah, you got to talk about Greenway with him. I mean, yeah, that, it um, makes sense that Ari Aster likes this because he likes like stagey, um, 
like uh, you know Tableau, that sort of yeah 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 that vibe like and that, truly that the, is like all I could hang on to when I was watching it. It was like it's the like, Ari Aster who made Hereditary maybe the Ari Aster who made Midsummer. It's like we're not gonna get into Ari Aster. We're no, we're not gonna talk, get into that. I mean, this is um, very Ari Aster. That makes sense that he loves this movie. It's sure, extra in that yeah. way. I mean, I'll also say to like f- further beyond the like. <laughs> Even Colin is being too nice to it. It's like I saw that Colin's letterbox review was being it was like shouting out Michael Nyman's work on the score, which I also think. Fu- oh, the score is. I great. also think I fucking like... sucks. No, the score is very fucking good. blows. It's the fucking same three notes over and over again, and it's the lamest shit. I of mean, all. oh, the score <laughs> is the lamest so shit of all time, and it's so that repetitive, is, yeah. and I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah, it, like if you don't like it from the start, you're not gonna like it the 800th time it happens at the end. But like boom, that, and like boom, the way it looks, boom, I'm like, oh, yeah. Boom, yeah. Boom, yeah. I mean, yes, it. it's it. You know what it reminded me of? Like the scene where she's in the bathroom for the first time. Uh, it sounds like the Boogie Nights. Uh, sort of like you know, like they call it like the haunted carnival, where it's like, dang, dang. Like it sounded like that sort of. Yeah. But it's more like, hey, her. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Nyman's great though. If I had to hear that goddamn kid singing one more time, the kid is such a. <laughs> When, yeah, that the kid is, is like, fascinating. <laughs> when they force him to eat buttons, it's like, I'm like, get over it. Like, uh, who cares? <laughs> uh, but yeah. you know, I I do want to say, yeah, I think, I'm, like, I'm, some I'm of the so re- I'm so ready for someone to listen to this episode and just like full, wholesale dunk on us. Just fully be like, we're idiots. I mean, look, people love. Don't. It. I mean, that's like, like people love this movie. So I'm fully ready um, for somebody to come on here. Take my shit, shit talk me fully, like, be like, you don't get it, you're a rube, you're an idiot who doesn't like good cinema, like I'm sure Jesse wants to, but I do not, I, I, I would take a lot for me to come around on this movie. Yeah, if you have any problems with our opinion, see the podcast Bursar for a full refund. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Continuing our, uh, our fuck the fans. uh, I mean, yeah, I mean... (laughs) I mean, my stance was more like I w- I'd be willing to listen to a person who, like, really likes it and wants to talk about it at length to disagree with them. Yeah. I'm, I don't, yeah. I, I'm not fully on Colin's side of yeah. if you are if you like it, then piss off. But uh, listen. <laughs> I mean, look. Yeah. Um, I think Tim Roth is pretty good in it for the most part. And then uh, seeing young Karen Hines was interesting. Had a big old beard. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, like, yeah. Obviously, th- like, there's so much like production design and like, like all the long tracking shots and stuff. Like, I do think like visually, it's like you know, it's doing a thing, and you can respond to that or you can not respond to that. Um, and I think I mostly yeah. responded to it. Uh, them like all like all the shots of them, all the how composed all the shots of them sitting around the table yeah. and stuff were in the restaurant. I like I like I like there's there's an appeal there to that sort of style I think to me. But yeah, it is like really just like I think right, the characters are like so much and there's like so much and like yeah, I mean just like yeah, and like we were talking about the ending when you reveal the cooked body of like it's just so like gross. that prop is just like transfixing and repellent at the same time and like yeah i don't know it's like it's like it's a movie that 
I do sort of feel like was maybe, like, is being provocative for pro- provocation's sake in a way that I I do tend to question it more than I, like, super embrace it. Yeah. It's no Heavenly Creatures, we can say that much. Fuck off. <laughs> wow. Peter Jesse? Greenaway. <laughs> It's Jesse, not as good as Peter. That's Jackson. not what I said. I'm, I mean, two for two. I'm Greenaway's disgusted. Like, <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> I'm disgusted by this opinion. <laughs> it's more dis. That opinion is more disgusting than the movie. <laughs> That's not true. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's what, what else? So gross. What is, when he what stabs the her Greenaway's in the face with a fork, out, it's Jesse. so gross. I've never. It's more disgusting than. Yeah. Eating a dog doo doo. Like the, how the Ugh, movie it's starts. It's so gross. Yeah. Then a van full of rotten and they, meat. When they force him, yeah, the the meat truck yeah. is disgusting, and they're like hosing him down. I mean, I get like a weak stomach, yeah, but gross. like boy, oh boy, it's so gross. Yeah, Jesse, what are the? I know nothing about Greenaway. What are the other Greenaways to check out? Like, what is what is what has he got? Uh, there's like, I mean, I haven't. I mean, this seen, is like I, the I big would one. Have right? been meaning to dig in. This is the big one. Zen two knots people. And then love. like Yeah, like there's a Zen two knots people really like, which I think is maybe the one before this. Uh like the draftsman con- contract is another one from before this. The stuff afterwards I think gets like increasingly more uh oblique, sort of, especially in the twenty first century. See, uh, see I think yeah. I would like Coleman in the fall is a little more experimental. You said his work gets a little more oblique. I think I would appreciate that. Like I think it the style like applied to something that's a little more like obfuse or a little more experimental. I think I would appreciate. I think, I think it applied to this sort of like mm-hmm. obvious like story. I is what that like br- that is what bristles for me. Yeah, the falls is like right. it's interesting. I I mean, it's just so long, and it's like truly, like I when I talked about it with people, and the thing I said it was most similar to is the scene, and they came together <laughs> where Paul Rudd is at the bar, and he's like, "You can say that again," and the bartender's like, "Tell me about it," and they go back and forth for like a minute and a half straight, <laughs> and it's like that sort of bit where it's like it's so funny, and then it's like all right, they're still doing this, and then it gets back, and it's, like, funny again. And that's sort of what The Falls does, but it is literally three hours long of the same bit, like, over and over and over again. And you talk about, like, the score and this being repetitive. That's Nyman also, and it's, like, every transition to, like, the next sort of, like, character study or whatever uh, is, like, uh, ding, 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 and it's, like, the, the one sort of piece of music, and then they do the clip for like six minutes and i was like this is interminable yeah i mean if this was playing at at like at a tv at the met i would sit down i'd watch 15 minutes of it i think it was interesting and then i would move on (laughs) that is my final take on peter greenaway's the the thief the wife and the lover want to take us home jesse yeah i do like the title i will say that Ahead, you just. can you can follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It. You can follow us on Letterboxd at C I K I Pod. You can follow me on either of those platforms at JP Glickweber. Uh, I watched a couple more episodes of How to with John Wilson and the third one's really good. 
Nice. <laughs> like, uh, very excellent. Sounds good. Right. Check it out, people. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm Andy. You can find me online at Andy T. Germ on any of the social media platforms that you prefer. Uh, not. Re- I mean, I finished season three of The Sopranos yesterday. That's an Great excellent show. season of television. So that's my Pine plug. Uh, I plugged so The Sopranos before. I'm specifically highlighting season three. Uh, you can never say that you haven't been told. Holy shit. Um, Cullen. Starring my uh, favorite quietly... my favorite thief, oh. Tony Soprano. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, I'm quietly on everything, as is tradition with the birthday episodes. I'll plug Andy. Great guy. One of my best friends. Uh, a testament to Andy as a person that I disagree with most of his opinions. Uh, and it makes me so mad, the things that he says, but we still keep him around. <laughs> And also, I've been watching all the DC movies for uh, DC Ember. God damn it. And, uh, you were going to plug great. ballet and it was going to be good. That's next week, baby. Aquaman's the okay, best. Bye. Wonder Woman rules. Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition. Fuck with me. Uh, yeah, my dearest birthday wish is that no one talks to me about Batman versus Superman. Uh, Amelia. You can follow me on Letterbox at ilaughalo, where you can see my bad opinions, as stated on the on this episode. You can follow me on Twitter.com at um, at I'm where you can uh, see me be horny on Maine. You can wait. Are <laughs> the theme song for this podcast by Tree Related? You can find it on SoundCloud.com/slash/TreeRelated or Tree Related on Spotify. Apart from that, I just want to wish my best, one of my best friends, Andy, a happy <laughs> birthday. Almost. <laughs> you to, almost love got to, it. Love to throw that qualification in there last <laughs> Listen, man. Thank you very much, Emilio. Take, you you. Take, take what you can get. <laughs> yeah, really. Happy I'm, birthday, Andy. No complaints. Everyone no complaints. go away. Bye. <laughs> Jesse's very tired. Bye, everybody. Bye. Say the Happy thing. Happy our audience is released, but... <laughs>